On the Avalon podcast today, I am joined by Dr. Tokumbo Titoju, a medical practitioner and a public policy analyst, to look into the COVID-19 crisis response in Nigeria and to analyze the situation and to interrogate the interventions by both federal and state governments. Dr. Tokumbo, thank you for joining me on the Avalon podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, the first question I'd like to ask you is why the virus is not as deadly in Nigeria as it has been in Italy, um, in the United States of America, in South Korea, and of course in Europe, where it's recorded thousands and thousands of deaths. Uh, and for some reason, um, the only person who has died in Nigeria has, was somebody who had um, a series of complications. Um, is this as a result of our youthful demography in Nigeria? Or it has something to do um, with the climatic condition in sub-Saharan Africa that makes um, the virus not as deadly in Nigeria as it has been in, in Asia and, of course, in Europe. Um, so, uh, uh, we, you know, there is little information out there about um, this particular new virus. So, people are, people are just compiling um, the data they have. WHO is also trying to pull up a database of um, cases that they have seen. But I would say that our habit here, um, and demography also, because we have, um, lots and lots of young people in, in Nigeria and in Africa, especially looking at the age trap, it's a blessing and it's a cost because of course our life expectancy is very, very, um, low. We don't live as old as those people in Europe. Yeah. So the average life expectancy is about, um, six years. Yeah. Probably now. So, and the disease is deadlier in, in adults, in people of, um, old age. Yes. At the same time, it's also, it also causes, um, increased mortality in areas where they have people with, uh, lots of pre-existing conditions, um, such as hypertension and diabetes. Pre-existing conditions are getting more and more popular in Nigeria. But, you know, Nigeria was still battling the infectious disease, TB, HIV, AIDS, malaria, and all. While in Europe, disease has shifted from the infectious one to the chronic disease. So you have them with more hypertension, cancers, um, diabetes, and all. So COVID-19 is much more severe in people that are elderly and people with the existing um, conditions. Also, the attack rate in Nigeria is um, very, very low compared to to Europe. So, if you study our data and the spread of this um, virus in Nigeria, you will notice that we've not had lots of um, community spread. So, all the cases that we've been able to identify are people who came into Nigeria, the important cases, and the contact of um, those people. So, we've not moved from those cases into community spread. Community spread in the sense that you can't really identify who the sick person contracted the disease from. Now you can still do some tracing and say, oh, this person must have gotten it from this guy that came back from the UK. But when we now move to community spread, which I don't pray we do, you won't, you won't be able to obviously trace the contact anymore. What do I say in, in essence? We are still um, doing a bit well with the um, figures that we have now, 
some people are always full of thoughts that because we are not testing enough. I also feel that we're not testing enough because we really don't have the capacity to test enough. No country in the world has the capacity to test as rapid as possible, maybe except South Korea. But um, if you look at it again, this thing came into Nigeria, um, which day again, probably like four, three, four weeks ago. I can't remember the date the Italian man was, um, case was discovered. But if we want to assume that we have more cases roaming the streets that we have not identified because we're not testing enough, we've had a long period of time for them to show symptoms and for them to be ill and for them to possibly die from the disease because they haven't received treatment. If we are not um, recording mortality, people are not dying. Like in Italy, for example, every year today, I think they had about 900 cases that probably that died. You know, if we are not recording mortalities in Lagos, for example, people are not dying from one strange uh, ailment. That means that even though we can claim that we're not testing enough, the disease is also not attacking our community as fast as we thought it would. So let's even assume that with these 50 cases, people feel oh, we have about a thousand cases. If we give it another one week or two weeks, people don't fall ill within that period. In another three weeks, and we cannot record any significant change in the mortality rate in Lagos, then we can safely assume that the disease is not attacking us as we thought it would. Then with all the things that all the plans that the government is putting in place, we hope that um, we'll be able to control it. Um, supports are coming in from the big corporate um, organizations in Nigeria. They're trying to set up um, ICU beds and isolation centers. Lagos State Government is planning to have a semi-lockdown situation um, as from tomorrow. Yeah. So um, we are hoping that this will limit the contact um, with people, contact between people who may be carriers and people who are not um, infected. So we'll be able to contain the spread of the disease. I'm very optimistic that Nigeria will uh, will defeat it if we are careful enough. If we are careful enough and if we are reasonable enough. I mean, I'd like us to examine the strategy that has been deployed by both the federal and the state um, um, government in response to dealing with the COVID-19. Um, first of all, do you think that we missed an important opportunity the moment the first patient was identified, the Italian who came into the country? Should we, at that moment, have found a way to shut down our borders um, to prevent other you know, people from coming in with the infection like it was done in Botswana um, and like other countries finally woke up to where they had to set up isolation centers very close to the airports um, to forcefully... Um, isolate people who were coming into the country for a period of 14 days. Did we miss an important opportunity or an important um, milestone to do that there? And secondly, also, I'd like to ask if you feel we should have or we should adopt the Chinese model of restriction and enforcing an entire lockdown um, of particularly states like Lagos and Abuja that have shown a remarkable number of the incidences of the COVID-19 in Nigeria. Confident that um, Lagos State Government will uh, rise up to the occasion. They have a very experienced man in Professor Abayomi leading the team. And our strategy wasn't bad, to be honest. And even the WHO and other countries commended us because yeah. we were quick and prompt 
despite the limited resources, we always have to factor that in to quickly set up um, all these scanners, checks at the airport, documentation of um, people coming into the country. We did that. The Italian man that came in was properly diagnosed by a fantastic doctor at um, at the office where he visited. That was a very, 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 very commendable, a commendable fit. Such cases would have been missed in several parts of the world. But, you know, she was quick enough to identify the forces before preventing, I mean, preventing him from spreading it. You know, the man would have walked into the country with that stuff. The doctor would have missed it, would have entered into the community, and then the spread would have been so so much that we would have even been unable to trace that this came from this particular person. But, you know, we did well with the first case, and he recovered. Before we started having this imported case, two people who refused to go into self-isolation for one reason or the other, and we can't blame the government for that. We cannot go through the China model of locking everywhere down because we are not self-sufficient in anything. If we do that, one death will kill us faster. And that's why this, in in... Cases like this, everybody has to be reasonable and everybody has to be responsible. A lot of things come in through our borders. Don't forget that the land borders have been closed for a period of time. Yes. The only thing we rely on now is the seaport and the airport. Nigeria is an import-dependent country. All our branded drugs come in via the airport. People trade via the airport. They go in and come out of the country as frequently as possible. Um, Lagos State Airport records about 3,500 passengers in a day, arrivals, and these are mostly Nigerians coming in and out of the country. So, to take a very hasty decision of shutting the borders, there are so many Nigerians abroad out there who are on temporary visas, visiting visas and all, that would like to come back to their country because Leaving them abroad means leaving them stranded. If you are abroad and you are not a citizen of that of that country, in this time of crisis, you are you will be relegated to the back. Your citizens come first, and the burden of the disease in Europe was so high that everybody was afraid. So I'm sure most of them wanted to come back home. Carrying a valid Nigerian passport, I really don't think it was good or it was it was okay for us to deny them access into the country. Yeah. They were given forms to fill for contact tracing. They were asked to self-isolate. If these people had complied with this simple directive, we wouldn't be where we are today. We'll probably be on, on our third case. Some of them filled fake information on their form. Some of them did not provide detailed information. Some of them came into Nigeria and started partying and started moving all around the whole place, spreading this stuff. It's difficult for the government to make this kind of decision, looking at our revenue profile, looking at level of poverty, Looking at an economy that is just managing to grow at two point whatever percentage uh, GDP growth of two point um, what was the largest GDP growth I can't remember you know it's two point three no it's it's tough to be very honest it's very very tough now the airports have been shut down I have a friend that works at the cargo section they receive about twenty five million kilograms of cargo every quarter which means that they usually expect between eight million eight million kilograms of cargo you can imagine the revenue that the government is losing on that side. The revenue that the airlines will lose, revenue that fan and customs will lose, revenue that people who travel for businesses will lose. Most of our drugs come in via the airport. There is no no pharmaceutical company in Nigeria that manufactures all these branded high-end drugs. 
vaccines, cancer care, and all. So now those companies need to now apply now to the federal government, wait for several days for approval before they can ship in their stuff. So things are going to get very, very tight. And I believe the government just looked at everything and, and was like, let's give this thing a time, hoping that these people will comply with our directives. And I know that Ministry of Health would have advised them that if we're able to get people to self-isolate, it, it will be better for us to allow everything to settle for a while, see what, how the country can stabilize. And we also need to know that businesses depend so much on the airspace. We can't just say, oh, we really want to shut them. Some of them would have applied for an extension of time to sort out some things, you know. So it's not a simple decision to make to close down our, our airways. Which other way will anything get into Nigeria? A proper port is congested. If you import anything to Nigeria today, you can't get it out in three months. Do you think that this crisis has presented an important learning opportunity um, for us as a country? Um, because if you look at the stellar way in which the Lagos State Governor has responded to these crises, it's very difficult to fault um, the response so far. It's been commendable. It's been impeccable. Um, do you think a debate has to be had as to whether state governments um, should have more responsibility and more resources in terms of the healthcare um, sector? As I mean, and as with other sectors like agriculture and and the economy, because the truth is the federal government. Um, really doesn't have any land. Um, agriculture are primarily handled by states, so why should the federal government hold on to such responsibilities? And in the healthcare, as we have seen, for instance, now, um, Abuja has been suspect, but Lagos have demonstrated stellar leadership. So, do you think this crisis has presented an opportunity for us to rethink our architecture, um, our, our, our governance architecture, so that more responsibilities uh, are left in the hands of state governors and more resources from the federal government are channeled to state governments? Of course, of course. We'll get there one day. If this crisis, if COVID-19 doesn't push us there, one day we will have to find our way to that point because the federal government managing a country as big as Nigeria from the center, 200 million people looking towards a particular house, Aso Rock Villa in Abuja does not make any any sense. Um, healthcare is on the concurrent list, so it's meant to be handled by the federal government and, and, and the state government. But when you have anything on the concurrent list in Nigeria, people will start to push the past the box. So we don't know who is supposed to coordinate healthcare activity at a particular level. Maybe the governors will have to wait for directive from the federal government or whatever the minister says. Or a commissioner for health can go ahead in a state and implement reforms, you know, in healthcare. So the federal government of Nigeria is, needs to hands off so many things. We need to realize that we must have to decentralize the government. Put in agri, put in education, put in healthcare, put in security in the hands of one man in Abuja and uh, cabinet to decide for 200 million Nigerians does not make any sense to anybody. We're not that sophisticated, you know. We can't come, we can't come to agree on on a single thing. It takes 50 years for them to agree if they should build a hospital or not. Then when they agree to build the hospital, federal government agrees to build the hospital, everybody will say, why Why didn't you put it in my state? Why didn't you put it here? Why didn't you put it here? Why didn't you put it there? And they will come back again and say, we won't build this one hospital again until you have money to build 36. And then the project dies. Then you know all those kind of things. But revenue is a challenge. And that's why the federal government is afraid to let go. We let go of health care. There are states owing pensioners for 13 months. 
there are states only civil servants. If we let go of healthcare, and we say we are not funding loot again, for example, or we are not funding the teaching hospitals again in most of these states, government that cannot pay salary, how will it pay the salary of um, healthcare workers? How will they fund research? How will they fund all those things? You know, people will just start to die like 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 chicken. So that's I why mean, I, the federal yeah. government is also afraid. The same thing with security. The state governments do not pay salaries, and you can't blame them because they have little control over their resources, mm. except the ones that earn thirteen percent on 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 oil. So the government needs to our constitution must be rewritten. After this, if we survive this this pandemic, we need to sit down and rewrite the constitution. It should be nothing like the federal government of Nigeria with so much power again. Give the states their resources to manage. Let the people focus on their governor. If the governor is a thief, let them go and block the government house and remove him and force the House of Assembly to remove him and put somebody else there. We will complain that the governor will become too powerful, but we've seen powerful men removed over time. It's just four years. Oh, the government governor will become too powerful, they will terrorize the citizen. And no, they can't, nobody can do that. If everybody will decide to come together and and show interest in leadership. The governor will not dare because the governor is just one person. Oh, he will use the police to police to intimidate. Say, no, the police will live live amongst you. If he's if if on his way to work, he will meet people, people who know him. So when he pulls out his figure on the street, somebody will call him, Brakaya, who do you want to shoot? Mm-hmm. Not like he will send a police from Benue. To a federal police system from Benue to Lagos, carry a Lagos Lagosian and you send the Lagosian to Kano. And they live in barracks where they don't make to the people. So such systems cannot work. In the same way, agree. There are poor farmers in the local government in Oyo State. And the minister is in Abuja, in a cozy office in Abuja, issuing directly. Most of the state ministry of agriculture are dead. Because all the MDs, all the directives come from Abuja. Anchor borrowers program. They expect the state governors to key into it. Or they won't. So the poor farmers suffer. Exactly. Of course, once again, this crisis has exposed the vulnerabilities of our health um, sector and health institutions in our country. Um, the lack of important equipment, um, you know, the lack of health infrastructure, um, poorly motivated health workers, um, you know, the lack of, of facilities, um, you know, an ineffective health insurance scheme. What do we need to do to develop a more resilient healthcare sector such that it is able to respond um, better should such a pandemic reoccur? Um, in the near future? What do we have to do? Do we need to exploit a public-private partnership? Do we need to um, create some some form of tax incentive that can fund the health sector? Um, especially, do we need to adopt the model that the Lagos State Government have used to fund security in Lagos State, where there's a private trust fund um, by the private sector to fund um, you know, security in Lagos State. But what really do we need to do to put our health sector in a better shape um, than it is today, such that it can respond 
better to such crisis in the near future? You know, this this um, COVID nineteen has shown every every country that you know health is um, what determines everything. And 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 I always tell people when I go out, when I meet people, that your health health is the most important asset that you have. You know, it has brought down big countries, the US, China, Italy. Italy has one of the best healthcare systems in the world in terms of quality, access, you know. But the economy is going to probably go down, suffer for it. Everything else will suffer for it once health becomes a challenge. And that's what we have refused to learn in Nigeria. So we are used to God is going to solve it, you know, religious, cultural factors, societal factors, and everybody feels like, well, healthcare, I need to eat first, I need to do this first. Healthcare is the leading cause of bankruptcy in most parts of the world. Most Nigerians today are just one disease away from being bankrupt. Just few dialysis sessions away, or one kidney transplant that will cost 60 million. And you have to sell everything you have. You know. So, but we don't, we don't take this thing serious. And then we have this belief that the government must do everything. Healthcare is very expensive. It is very, very expensive. Nothing is cheap in healthcare. Training the doctors isn't cheap, even though Nigeria tries to subsidize cost of training people in the university have barely spent up to 40,000 naira all through, maybe 50,000 naira all through my years in the university, if I can remember. You know, but in the US, I'll probably battling school loans till the end of my life. I'll just go into study medicine. And that's why they pay their doctors very well. So we try to keep everything subsidized. We, we are used to the social system. And nothing is cheap. MRI machines are not cheap. One ventilator now costs about 14 million naira in Lagos. A solution tends that GT Bank is building will cost them billions of naira, probably like 5 billion for 100 people. Divide that by 100. That means that they're probably going to spend maybe, um, how much is that? Maybe 50 million on one bed. So healthcare is not cheap. You must find a way to fund it. UK has about one one hundred and thirty-nine billion pounds budget for healthcare, twenty nineteen NHS budget, one thirty-nine billion pounds. You convert that to another sixty trillion naira. How much is our budget in Nigeria? Our entire federation budget that we are still borrowing to to fund. Compare that. And these are who will see that in Nigeria and say in the UK, this is how it this is how it happens. This is how it happens. We have six percent tax to GDP ratio in Nigeria. It's one of the worst in the world. Syria's tax to GDP ratio was at ten percent in twenty seventeen. Despite how many years of fighting civil war, people don't pay taxes. There's no health tax. How much does the average American family pay as as health health insurance or health tax? You must pay it's mandatory because health is not is not something that you solve on your own. It's not Nepal that you go, go outside and buy diesel generator and you put it in your house and you'll be disturbing your neighbor at night. It's not transportation that you can afford to buy a bus and put all your family, family in the bus and drive around. It's population health. 
if I get infected with coronavirus today, I have the potential of infecting 200 people before tomorrow morning. What I need to do is just go to a club or go to a mall. So health is not, is not a one-man riot squad that people believe, people are used to in Nigeria. There's no water in the community. Oh, you have to go and dig your own borehole. And then you don't care. No, there must be a lot that mandates that everybody must pay a certain amount of tax from your income as health into the pool, into the government pool, or you pay health insurance. So that we can come together and develop the health, health system. It needs to be funded. Money will not drop from the sky. Isolation centers won't drop from heaven. Nigeria does not have the revenue. Nigeria is a poor country. Poor in terms of revenue. Rich in terms of resources and people. But we've not been able to convert these resources into into, into revenue for us. Forget about the money that the politicians are stealing. Let them, let them not even steal at all. How much do we have? 1.8 million barrels of food per day. How much does that translate to? People say, oh, Lagos State is rich. We make about 30, 40 billion IGR a month. Divide that by 20 million people. How much is that? It cannot, 30, 30 billion IGR cannot provide quality healthcare services for Lagosians. Only healthcare alone. Our budget is what budget entire budget is what Australia and Co used to fight bushfire and be saving kangaroos in the bush. So if we are saying that Nigeria is rich, Nigeria is rich because of that, everybody wants to put his hand in the pocket and avoid taxes, avoid all those things. Then we will continue to be like this. Healthcare is not insurance is the insurance is the way out. Let everybody let the government focus on it. Build a system where health insurance works. The governors should dis Federal government should decentralize it. Let the governors or the regions take hold of, take charge of health. We have UCH in the southwest. You have UNN in Onsoka. You have ABU area in the north. We have all these standard facilities. Let them come together as a region and pump money into this. Float the national health insurance team that works. Let people be on health insurance. Insurance alone can pay for all these services. Federal government budgets lots of money every year to pay for salaries without anything left for capital expenditure. And you cannot blame them. We all say the government is not spending on health. But somebody somebody paid the salary of the doctor that treated you. The idea that the hospitals generate can barely, barely take care of their pharmacy and their lab laboratory. Because in UCH, you still see a doctor and pay 2,000 naira. You can't see a mechanic you know, and give mechanic 2,000 naira. I'm not trying to say mechanics are not important, but I'm just saying, you know, you can't go to Ikeja under bridge and, and, and make your hair, make up artists to charge you 10,000 euros just for seeing your face alone. But want to subsidize everything. Same thing with petrol, we want to subsidize petrol. Remove all these sources and let's face the reality. Dr. Tokuma, it's been an excellent conversation with you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Well, thank you um, very much. Please stay safe, wash your hands, and um, I, I think together we'll defeat this. Thank you.